Ginger on ginger, ginger on ginger. Ginger has red hair, so does Alex. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ginger on Ginger, the show where two redhead comedians choose a word, phrase, or concept and then talk about it through their gingery lens. I'm Jacob Godby. And I'm Alex Tate. And this episode is brought to you by Alex Tate's Ball Waxing Service. Harry Scrote getting your goat? Give Alex Tate a call, and he will be over in a jiffy to remove hair from your stiffy. With several different wax scents to choose from, including new car smell, strawberry lavender, and old car smell, Alex Tate will have your balls looking like they just dropped yesterday. Call 307-699-146 no, 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 no. to schedule a waxing today. Sorry, everybody. If I broke your eardrums, that was my real phone number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is someone afraid to have to wax some balls? I don't care about that. I just care about people <laughs> contacting me. <laughs> I, I, knew, I didn't really have a very good idea for the sponsor this week, so I had to throw in a little something-something. <laughs> there you go. Um, I guess let's just dive right into it. Yesterday you texted me that you were feeling old, fat, and weak. So let's let's know the story. Let's hear the story. I mean, there's not much of a story. It's not like a cool, funny, ha-ha-ha story. I was just skiing, and it was really flat light, uh, meaning that there's not like a lot of definition in the, the mountain. And I went off a jump, and the ground hit my feet before, like, I was mentally ready to land, ah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I landed it, but, like, way before, like, I thought that was going to happen. It's like um, when you were walking down the stairs in the dark, and you hit the bottom, and you still think there's more stairs left? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I uh, I hurt my back, like an old man, like an old, <laughs> uh, fat, weak old man. Um. I just, it hurt immediately. And I was like, oh, fuck. Luckily, it was at, right at the end of the run. And the people I was with were also tired and ready to go home. And I was like, great, let's all go home. And, you know, they were all joking. They're like, ha, 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 you're getting old. And I was like, ha, 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 this actually hurts. Um, <laughs> I'm in real pain right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, we can laugh all we want. And then that was on Saturday. Sunday, yesterday, I didn't do anything. Kind of felt sorry for myself. Um, tried to ice it as much as I could. Lay off of it. Um, then this morning I went to work and lasted an hour at work. And I was like, this is, this is just not happening. I am like barely functioning. It's stupid. Um, so I went to the urgent care and they, you know, they see me like walking around and stuff like that, but they're like, you know, you're telling us the spinal. So we're going to take x-rays. They took x-rays, um, nothing, no like fractures on of That's good. the bone. That's so good. that's good. Um, but what the doctor most likely thinks is it's a herniated disc. And he was like, <laughs> and this is just my life now. He's like, he's like, those heal on their own without surgery. So that's cool. Um, uh, herniated discs heal in about six months to a year. Oh, fun. Great. So- and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And he was like, yeah, backs heal really slowly. Yeah. Heal, so you're, you're going to turn 30 next year with a herniated disc. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm glad you went and got it diagnosed, at least. That's uh, something. Yeah, and I got – well, it's, I got to get it to a point where I can, like, go to work. And, like, right. you know, I'm going to take the next couple days off of work because I don't want to, like, get behind it, you know? I was at yeah. work standing there being like, I can probably grit my teeth through this whole day and it just be a miserable day. But then I'll have to do that tomorrow. And I'll have to so, do that the next day. 
Is there like a single position that just like, like it doesn't hurt? You know, if you're like laying on your back with one leg up or something. Not really. It kind of sore all like dully sore all the time. And then what makes it work? Like the worst position. I don't have another description for it. Would be like the poop squat, like knees to chest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's like the absolute worst. So the straighter I am, the better. But it's still the my nights of sleep have been awful. I called my father. My father broke his back when he was like seventeen and didn't do anything about it. And now he's a hobbled old man. And um, I was like, you know, advice. And this just this is where my dad's at in his life. He goes, you should buy some weed. <laughs> yeah. And I go, okay, I can't be high as a kite working with power tools. Like I need to figure something out to go to work. But okay. Right. right. Uh, I could send you some really basic yoga videos. I don't know if that would help stretching it out or not. The The doctor was like, the second you can stomach it, you need to do some like light jogging and light stretching. But he specifically said running. He was like running and stretching, which hmm. yoga could definitely qualify as. So, yeah, that's both running and stretching. Eh, okay, <laughs> it's not, it's not. But uh, there's a 30 day yoga challenge starting next month on uh, yoga with Adrian. So if you want to do that with me, let me know. Okay, I, you know what? I might. I gotta. I gotta. This was like a wake up call for Alex that. I, I was, you know, I'm joking around that I'm getting older, and yes, I'm aging, but I'm not also old. It's not time to like give it up. Uh, no, you could feasibly be only one third through your life. So it's good. Yeah. yeah. I am so, proud of you for going to urgent care and like having them actually look at it. Like, you know, you learn from your dad in that way. Yeah. 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 Well, and that was the other thing. My dad was like, don't fuck with this shit. You don't want to end up like me. And I was like, actually, my whole goal in life is to not end up like you. So, yeah. Hey, I love my dad, but I have uh, tried to take care of myself better as well as far as getting medical attention when I need it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. What's what up with you, you? I was going to ask what you did today when you got home. You watched anything good? You play any um, I've I've slept in total the past two nights, about an hour and a half each night. Sick. Okay. Um, so I, I took a nap. <laughs> I like, fell asleep immediately. <laughs> I was exhausted. Great. Um, so that's why uh, Jacob can see this. Y'all on the podcast can't see this. My hair is very like disheveled right now because I literally woke up from a nap and was like, fuck me. And, yeah. <laughs> and got on the podcast, so. It's not new, but you do look like you're recording in a depression cave. Um, but then again, I am in my closet as well. So I'm not. Yeah, it's just that time of the year where it's dark as shit out. I don't know. Oh, what to, and dude, I have one I, lamp or an overhead light. And the way that my camera's set up, that overhead light would blast right into the camera if I turned it on. Yeah, so yeah, I don't fair. do it. I hate this time of year. It is cold. It is snowy here. Like it is, it is an actual winter. And unlike last year where it was just like really nice, most of it and snowed like two or three times, we've got actual snow sticking around. It's actually cold and I don't like going outside. I don't like the feeling of being cold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I disagree with all that you said, but it is an actual winter. And I, yeah. and I understand that it's, it's sucky. It is, I, it is the time of year that if I were to go through a full day of work, I would go to work in the dark and come back in the dark. Right, exactly. And, and I that's work tough. in a windowless building. So, <laughs> so like, just... there would be no sun at any point during my day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That happened to me in high school. I would go to school when it was dark out, and then I would have after school stuff so that I wouldn't get home until it was dark out. And that adds up after a few months. You know, your body's like, uh, excuse me, I need some vitamin C. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, shit. This yeah. is not how humans were supposed to live. Pretty sure you're just supposed to hibernate and eat food and sit around all winter. And then you spend all summer gathering that food for the winter again. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just that we back should, and forth. We should go back to that. Do you think? Would you be a hunter or a gatherer? A gatherer? What the fuck? <laughs> I would be a jester. Uh, I would travel yeah, yeah. And, and just prove my worth by making people laugh. Uh, basically helping humans get through tragedy, right? Like we cross a stream and lose like six people or something. And I make some really morbid joke on the other side. And they're like, oh, well, glad, glad you made it across. Yeah. <laughs> I just like the idea of this, this like, uh, this like don't cancel, no cancel culture comedian in like the Oregon trail days. That's what I'm picturing right now. <laughs> oh, what's up? I can't, I can't make fun of, I can't I make can't fun joke of about dysentery. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Je- Jeanette, she died of smallpox, right? Fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> we all know she liked those goats a little too much. If you know what I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> like her mom's there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, my, I've been good. My life is just almost completely consumed by completing this Top Gun musical that I started. Um, we're not done yet, and it comes out in like a week and a half, so that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Um, uh, but I can't feel too bad for you because every time you do projects like this, this is you get like super absorbed in it, and it like completely swallows you whole. So mm-hmm. like, I just think that's your process at this point. Yeah. And it's nice, you know, like I I come out of it and I'm like, whoa, that was, that was nice to be busy for a little while, but you know, quick plug, December 14th, you can watch Top Gun, a very Top Gun Christmas online. I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can see it at the Roxy theater. If you're in Missoula, there are two screenings, one at seven 30 and one at 9 PM. I will be at both introducing them and, you know, hanging out. Uh, I'm going to sign the scripts as all of the characters and I'll give away a signed script at each screening. Go to the live show. It's on a fucking Wednesday, so I can't go because I have a job. Yeah. But if you in Missoula, go to the go, or it's not live. I don't. I shouldn't say that. Go to the screening. I guess. Yeah, that's what I would want to do. You should hurt see your it back with all my friends next week so that you had Wednesday off of work and then you just grit your teeth all the way on the drive to Missoula. <laughs> yeah, that's what my father said too. He's like, you can come here if you want to rest. And I was like, that's five and a half hours away. That sounds miserable. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'll be honest. My maximum amount of time sitting has been like 30 to 45 minutes. So we'll see how this podcast goes. Oh, okay. Well, if you need to take a break and uh, walk around, we can do that too. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Um, Do you want to just get into it? I I feel like we'll have some stories uh, organically pop up as we talk about these things. Oh, totally. I'm glad you remembered to do that because I listened to last year's episode today to break down all of our categories and you did exactly the same thing. So good job. I don't think I did the same song, but it's it's, it's not it's, the same song. But uh, yeah. you did. I was just like, we're just in the last year's episode, and it'll be like this in this year's too. We're just talking, and then all of a sudden you go bam, 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 with like a bunch of <laughs> echo, and then I lowered my voice, so it's like introducing. <laughs> it's really silly. Uh, I forgot we did it, and it made me laugh. There you go.
I, Alex. This is like my favorite thing me and Jacob do, I think, because we like uh, ranking shit and we like forcing yeah. our rankings on everybody else. <laughs> and we are we are data people, you know, I, yes. I <laughs> like keeping track of the uh, pop culture that I consume. But I also think this will be an interesting year because we haven't spent all year telling each other what we're watching and listening to all year long. So yeah. I, I think I don't think there will be any like huge surprises, but, you know, I, I, especially on from me to you, because you're a little more mysterious, I think I might have a harder time guessing some of yours. OK. Oh, do I, but, I need to write down your the top movies. Right. What? We have to make a guess. Or am I writing down what I think your top ones are? Oh, you don't have to write it down. Okay. Um, I don't think we should get into that yet. I think we should talk about 2022 as a whole first. Yeah. How was it for you? It was better than 2021. Thank God. Same. Same, same, same. (laughs) Um, It was not without its hardships. Um, uh, For instance, my father had like the worst year of his fucking life. And I got to go through that beside him. Yeah. Yeah. I but popped in uh, for a quick visit doing it. Yeah, yeah, you popped in right at the weirdest time. Um, <laughs> but it, it, in general, it was a lot better. I had just been fired at the very end of last year. That we also talked about on the 2021 awards. Yeah, it was like worst moment of the year, and you're like, I got fired. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah, shit, I forgot. So yeah, and I'd like, I don't think I had a job. No, because I know when I started the job I'm working at now was in this calendar year. So I didn't have a job. I was, um, but now I have a job that I really like. I've had some experiences also. Again, it's not without hardships at all, but uh, it's definitely substantially better than 2021. When you say experiences, are you talking about the Flintstones themed orgy that you attended the other night? Uh, oh, well, that was like, that's like a monthly occurrence. Oh, okay. Yeah. Joined Do a group, you, joined yeah, a Cartoon we, Network orgy themed. Uh, I, I believe we're rounding off the year with uh, Johnny Bravo. Oh, that's fun. awesome! Yeah. Do you have to like? Are you supposed to be in character? Like when you come, are you supposed to go? Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. But I, I was uh, just playing. I, you know, me and my uh, sexual preferences. I was Dino, so I just had to bark. Pretty <laughs> easy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and like jump on people when they came on the door and like lick their faces and stuff. Yeah, I can see you with like a collar on, like on all fours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, Johnny Bravo will be fun, man. That's exciting. I I don't know what Cartoon Network show I would want to do. Probably ones with like adults, but um, I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We did Courage the Cowardly Dog for October, and that was bizarre. That's odd, yeah, because there's like three characters and main characters in that show. Well, there's a lot of mountain, a lot of monsters, and so yeah. uh, a lot of mountains. What the fuck? A lot of mountains. Hey, everybody! In case you didn't know, we are broadcasting live from Montana, where there's a lot of mountains. <laughs> Did you know Montana is Spanish for mountain? Um, my 2022 was also better than 2021. It started off rocky. Kind of got better uh, when I started taking. So loft. <laughs> and then the fall's been a, not rocky. It's just been a little more up and down. But man, summer was good. I had a really good summer. Yeah. Good. You got a yeah. particular highlight? Uh, we'll talk about that later. That's, that's okay. one of the awards, right? Um, or All we right. could just jump into it right now. Yeah. The best moment of the year. Uh, sure. <laughs> and then like a, tink- like a tinkling sound effect. Tinkling. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to put that in. That's, I'm just going to leave you doing it. 
Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, my so I have a runner-up, and then my best moment of the year. Okay. My runner-up for moment of the year was one batshit game of Mario Party. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that that's the kind. <laughs> Every, you know, sometimes you play Mario Party enough, you're like, why do I play this game? And then you have a game like we had, and that's why you play it. Um, for those that don't care, it was it's a video game, and it was the most insane roundabout, weirdest, uh, doesn't make any sense game in my life. For those that do care and know Mario Party, Jacob at one point had like 210 coins, which I have never seen in my entire life. And then I got switched with one other player. <laughs> And yeah. I saw actual genuine rage come out of Jacob. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that player that like stole my coins. It was you who got like a random chance space and you just happened to bump my face and his face. So yeah, I had to give all of my coins to someone else. I was on track to win, but my game started really falling apart about halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've also never played that game where Jacob doesn't absolutely dominate. Um and uh, so, and he was dominating, and then it all just fell apart. Yeah, like every turn, something happened. It wasn't like one quick thing. It was just like <laughs> just watching the structure crumble. <laughs> it was like forty-five minutes of shitting on Jacob. It was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was great. But my the winner for best moment of the year is showing my penis to God. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, me and Jacob went on a road trip. We we did talk about this at length at our in our last podcast, but we uh, took our ding dongs out at the end of the world, which was just a very foggy Pacific Ocean, and um, showed them to God. And no fish pointed and laughed, which was great. No, no, it, it looked like the uh, it looked like the end of the road. Do you remember the movie The Road when the kid? I've never just seen the movie, the... but I've read the book. Oh well, it ends on a. He just, you know, goes to a beach and then yeah. there you go. That's what it looked like. Yeah, that was a good time. That was funny. Um, I kind of came up with two as well. One like actual moment and one like kind of feeling. Um, the actual moment, I got to say, was being in Whitefish with all of the friends and playing Taskmaster, but also specifically going to the grocery store with you and me and Sean and Trevor. I was just so fun and reminded me so much of us hanging out in college. It was a great time. Oh, that's so sweet. It, I know it, it, we did. I can instantly fall back into it with all you people. And, um, yeah, I'm surprised we got the food we needed and made it out alive. Cause we that just like entire friendship is just like light bickering yes for, exactly <laughs> for hours on hours and hours on end <laughs> yeah and then you made a good risotto with the ingredients so oh dude my risotto has gotten killer killer this year that is a i should have put that for my runner-up for newest obsession i didn't but <laughs> it's fucking risotto i got a dope risotto on on uh on order in the pocket i don't know okay yeah um in the flesh hey Okay. Um, and then my moment of the year, and I can't remember when it happened, but there was a day after my antidepressants kicked in where I just like looked back and realized, oh, they're working. And that was a good moment. I was like, oh, wow. I, last month was hard. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't remember exactly where I was, but just like realizing that they were working 
and I was not nearly as anxious about stuff that I can't control and whatnot. Um, that was nice. That was a good moment for me. Nice. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I, I kind of remember that moment for myself when I was on antidepressants and I, I walked into my room after work and was like, this was years ago, but I was after work and I was like, I should clean my room. And yeah. I cleaned my room. You know? <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, huh. Huh. I have the motivation to do this. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, on the other side of this, Alex, um, what is your what the fuck moment of the year? Yes. Um, so I couldn't really pick one and I, I don't have like a single moment. And honestly, they're not. So uh, one of my what the fuck moments was a single batshit game of Mario Party. Because <laughs> yeah. what was going on there, dude? It was insane. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely was. Um, my other this is like a tr- this is this was like the truest definition of what the fuck for me. Um, one of my good friends here, uh, he is really into the UFC. Uh, the ultimate mm-hmm. fighting championship that is the real stuff not like the wwe which is the fake stuff the ufc is very much real um it's fighting in a cage for money um i when i moved here i wanted to be i had no friends i wanted to be better friends with him so i tried to get into the ufc so we could you know talk about it and hang out and and turns out that i do kind of like it and we were uh me him and one of our female friends girl girl space friends um, was at a bar watching the UFC fights. She didn't have anything else to do, and she had texted us, and she was like, what are you guys doing? We're like, we're at a bar watching the fights. You're welcome to join. I don't think it's your thing. And she was like, it isn't my thing, but I have nothing else to do, and I want to come. And we're like, all right, come on. And she was great. She was really engaged. She was asking questions. There was a moment in one of the fights, which this doesn't happen in the UFC. I've never seen this before, and I'm, I'm sad she had to see this, but another dude was on top of a dude and he his mouth was filling with blood so he just spit his blood onto the other dude's face (laughs) yeah okay and everyone everyone including like diehard ufc fans at the bar was like i've been watching ufc for 20 years and i've never seen that that's fucking disgusting don't do that (laughs) um but anyway she goes we're talking and she goes oh speaking of fighters and we go "Mm -hmm." she goes my uncle and if you're a fan of the UFC, you'll get this, as most people who listen to this podcast aren't. But just know, she goes, my uncle is Forrest Griffin. And both me and my buddy Eric, the UFC guys, go, excuse me? And she goes, yeah, my uncle is Forrest Griffin. And that would be like, Jacob, if you were at a casual dinner with someone and they were like, oh, speaking of drumming, my uncle's Neil Pert. <laughs> yeah. And okay. you went, What? What did you just say? And then she was like, yeah, have you heard of him? And we're like, yeah, Forrest Griffin is in the UFC Hall of Fame. What are you talking about? She was like, yeah, that's my uncle. (laughs) And it it was just both me. And we were like, what? And she was like, yeah, here's a picture of me and him. Just hanging out. I have my And we were like, do you have his phone number? And she was like, of course, he's my uncle. And we're like, what the fuck? (laughs) That's cool. That's really cool. Um, And then sure enough, yeah, she's from Augusta, Georgia, and we were like looking up pictures and he's wearing like a a Masters, the Masters golf tournament, which is in Augusta, Georgia. He's wearing a Masters hat, like all in a lot of his like UFC interviews and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, fuck, we never put that together. Okay, All right. Did you text him from her phone? Be like, hi, I'm a big fan. She she did. And she was like, hey, my friends don't believe you believe me that you're real. And he was like, ha ha ha. I'm real. Hope you're well, Emily. And she was like, see? And we were like, what the fuck? 
He's like, tell them I'll punch their fucking faces and see if it feels real. Oh, yeah. He's a scary, scary dude. But yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, my what the fuck moment of the year. And I cannot remember. I might have told this story on the summer wrap up. So if I did, I'm sorry, but I'm going to tell it again. Um, we'll just call this the Gravitron. Okay. And I don't, this doesn't sound familiar to Alex. Okay. So I used to babysit these kids when they were younger. They're both now, they're like 12 and 15 now. They don't really need someone around, but both of their parents were out of town. So they asked me and my sister to just like hang out with the kids, make sure they don't kill each other. One of them's 15. Yeah. The older one's 15 now. Yeah. Come on. The 15 year old is fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But we were tasked with hanging out with them for a couple days. And so my sister and I took them to the fair and they were like, let's go do, let's go ride the Gravitron. If you haven't ridden the Gravitron, it's the one where you go in, it spins around really fast and gravity presses you against the wall. Also known as the uh, spaceship 2000. Okay. That's, yeah. that's what it was called at my local fair. I know exactly what you're talking about, but it was called the spaceship 2000. Yeah. So <laughs> we, all four of us go in, we just stand there and the like metal that you're like leaning against the like the cushions can move up and down because right they go up and down during the ride and some of the kids are like loudly like clanging them up and down and the like toothless carney who's taking tickets comes in and he just starts screaming hey this is my ride this is my livelihood do not break this ride and everyone like shuts up and him he like singles out a kid and he's like you Get off. And this little <laughs> just, this one, little, just one like, random kid. Yeah, yeah. This little like nine year old Asian boy just hangs his head and just walks off the ride. <laughs> and Aubrey and I are trying so hard not to laugh because, you know, we are all full adults and there's just yeah. this old carny yelling at everyone on the ride. Uh and then he like he does like the this is a bad example, but he does like the dad thing where a dad gets really, really angry and then goes, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. Like, and somehow screams. That, like, yeah. Yeah. And he like okay. s- sends the kid off and then he's like, sorry, everybody. We'll get the ride started here in a minute. It's just that uh, if the ride breaks, you know, this is all I got. This is all I have. <laughs> and I'm trying so hard not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and he finishes taking tickets. All kids get on the ride. He closes the door, which I forgot was a thing. And I was like, Oh shit, I'm really stuck in here now. And we start and the ride's fine. It's going well. Um, he hits play on music and it is smack that by Eminem featuring Akon. Okay. And he starts dancing in the middle. And then as the gravity changes, he, <laughs> he like gets out of his little like cage in the middle and starts walking on the walls while like he knows every single word of smack that he knows all the raps. And so he's like walking on the walls, like grinning and just rapping smack that and like making, you know, ass smacking, uh, like <laughs> miming actions. <laughs> And the ride ends, we get off, and I just had to pull Keelan aside and be like, hey, just so you know, that was not normal. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the fuck happened in the past four minutes. very strange. Uh, (laughs) You know, everything's fine. We're all safe. But that's not how that should have gone, just so you know. (laughs) So that is my what the fuck moment of the year. There you go. Well, I mean, you would know every word to that song if that's the only fucking song that played. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It would only take me a few listens to picture them up. But yeah, he... Just went from like zero to a hundred and then to like 69. Right. 
Yeah. Um, Alex, what is your newest obsession? A pretty obvious one. You can take a guess. I got a new job in February. It's uh, woodworking. Woodworking. It's kind of uh, consumed me. And um, well, it's my job, but also I, I think about my personal projects and what how I want to make things and stuff like that. And I do really enjoy it. Um, it's it, it. I correctly assess that it would be at the intersection of like, you know, me physically wanting to like build something and make something and then also still getting to be creative and, yeah. um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not explaining this very well, but I like it a lot and I, I hope to continue at it as long as my, my aging spine lets me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, my newest obsession, I think I'm going to go with this book called the artist's way, which is like a 12 week course that like taps into your inner creative and just like tries to train you to shut off all of the sensors and shit in your head that goes, Oh, that's a bad idea. Like it, it just kind of, it tries to tell you to, to leave that quiet a little bit longer. And okay. it's like a series of almost like cognitive behavioral therapy exercises. And through that, I converted my bedroom closet into like a music studio. I put up like some paneling and I've got, you know, all my guitars in here and a microphone in here. And then because I did that, I finally had like a cool, comfortable space to create music. And then I wrote a musical and now I'm almost done with the artist's way. And I don't know what's next, but it's a lot of stuff that would not have happened if I hadn't started like reading the book and taking it seriously. Cause I've tried to do it in the past a couple times and I made it to like week three or four and I was like, this is dumb, but I, it really, really stuck this time. And I'm, I'm glad it did. Nice. Nice. So your newest obsession is a, a process. Yeah. Or a way of, a way of thinking about a process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. There really is something to just like shutting yourself up and getting out of your own way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a, um, I saw a, TikTok, Instagram, real, whatever you want to call it, uh, and the the noise is like a uh, like a crowd talking, mm-hmm. like you you can't distinguish one voice. That's the noise in the background, and then someone just picks up a pencil and starts drawing, and all the voices just go like fade away. Yeah, you know, and they're just yeah. drawing, and that's the that's- whole. There's no words spoken in the TikTok at all, and I was just like, huh, you know, I guess. Not drawing for me, but in other ways, there's definitely things in my life that that's what I'm doing it for. You know, particularly skiing is one of them where I just like, oh, yeah, that's why I do those things. That's what happens to me when I'm recording like a song that I'm really into. You know, I there's like a couple of guitar solos in this Top Gun musical and I would track them for like two or three hours and then look up and be like, oh, shit, (laughs) I got to. Yeah, I got to like do things today. You know, I can't just stay in here playing guitar all day, but it's a good feeling when the world kind of melts away and you're just like focused and your brain doesn't have to worry about the shit. Um, But speaking of shit, we have to worry about what's the go fuck yourself award for you. Um, My go fuck yourself award. And, and I I've tried my hardest. They've, they've all been on the same topic every single year. Yeah. Um, But this, you know, I'm trying to be specific at least to show that I, I have paid attention to politics in some way, shape or form. My go fuck yourself for the year is uh, Clarence Thomas. Oh, I like that one. Clarence Thomas, go fuck yourself. What a fucking hypocritic, hypocritical idiot you are. And you're on the Supreme Court, which uh, re what whatever 
it made Roe v. Wade not a thing. Fuck you for that. Uh, yep. Just go fuck yourself, Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Along the same lines, I'm, I'm going to say go fuck yourself to Kanye West and Elon Musk. Nice. Both people who definitely need to be told go fuck. Dude, I saw a clip of Kanye West on Alex um, Jones's show. Yeah, I know. And when you make Alex Jones look like when he's speechless, that's uh, when you've gone way, way, way too far. Yeah, when Alex Jones says, oh, I don't know if we believe that here. Come yeah. on. What are you yeah. <laughs> When Alex Jones goes, yo, too far, Kanye. Yeah. Uh, that's insane. And regardless of what Kanye thinks, it's the existence of his platform that is the most go fuck yourself, right? Because, you know, there's been a rise in, like, anti-Semitism because of this and um, the, the, every artist has like ride or die people that will just take the whole journey with them. And that is messed up. Like think for yourselves once in a while, folks. Uh, and I, I, Elon Musk is the same way. He's just got like this legion of just brainwashed Tesla dorks that think that he invented all these things that he just supplied money for. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. I, it seems to me that in these past couple of years, this is what I've learned about the world, and this is not a hot take. This is not a. This is also not new. I'm not some. I didn't come up with this, but um, it's not. It's not about Donald Trump specifically. Specifically, Donald Trump. It's not about Kanye West specifically. It's about like hateful people who have been too afraid to say anything, um, finding like a voice and finding a platform. And then they get to they get to use that as their like megaphone, sort of so to speak. You know, it it's like hateful people were like they were always there, yeah. But they they didn't they didn't feel like oh my voice should be heard. and their voice shouldn't be heard. That's what I'm yeah. saying. But they thought that, and then Donald Trump gets up there and says all these things, and they go yeah, and now they rally behind like the idea or like the concept of Donald Trump. I, I truly don't think it is Donald Trump as a person. I truly don't think it is Kanye West as a person. I just think it's like hateful people finally seeing someone in like mass media agree with them, and then them being like, "Ha ha, we've been here the whole time. Yes, we agree with that person." It's like. It's like a kid peeing the pool, but off in the corner by himself. And everyone's like, oh, that kid's kind of weird, but at least he's doing it far away from us. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a lifeguard jumps in and says, no, no, it's okay to pee in the pool, everybody. And so everyone starts peeing in the pool. And there's still a bunch of people in the pool who are not peeing in the pool and don't want to be in that pool with the people who are peeing in the pool. So can we please get the lifeguard out of the pool and stop urinating on our country? <laughs> I did see a thing real quick that was like, if you pee in the pool, you would, you know, you would say to that person, you'd be like, ah, oh, fuck you, Johnny. That's disgusting. And get out of the pool. But if Johnny were to get out of the pool and then turn around and pee back into the pool from out <laughs> of the pool, you would never talk to Johnny ever again. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. I don't know what the context is there. I don't know either. I just thought it was a funny joke. Yeah. Um, let's move into our pop culture awards. I think you can, you know, if you agree, uh, I think we should go books, TV shows, movies, music, kind of do a buildup. Were we supposed to do books? Well, we did last year and I wrote <laughs> okay. one book down. So I will talk about that book real quick. My number one book of the year. And the only one I really remember reading, to be honest with you, is sell out by Dan Ozzy, which is a chronicle of, a bunch of like pop punk and punk bands, major label debuts. And, you know, 
it kind of chronicles the story of how back in the 90s, it was seen as the worst thing you could possibly do was sign to a major label and sell out. But as we've gone forward in time, um, a lot of people are like, great, good for you. You know, sign to that major label, get that money. And uh, for some of the bands that it chronicles, it doesn't work out. For some, it does. You know, he talks about Jimmy World and Rise Against, two bands who have been extremely successful on major labels, but the, and Green Day as well. But then you've got, you know, your uh, distillers or your jawbreaker who fell apart like the minute they released an album on a major label. Does it talk about the real big fish song, Sell Out? No, it does not. It probably oh. references it if I looked at the uh, index. All right. Um, my favorite book this year, only because I know I got it this year and I can look at it, is There and Back by Jimmy Chin. Uh, Jimmy Chin is a climber and explorer. He released a photography and like biography book. Uh, it's great. Cool. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Jimmy Chin is the man. The man. He filmed um, the fucking free solo. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Cool. Right on. That's that's who, he didn't climb it. He filmed it. Right. Right. Which is arguably just as impressive. <laughs> yeah. He had like 80 pounds of camera gear on him. Yeah. That's wild. Good for him. Um, TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. I have a theory that we might have the same number one. I think we do as well. Okay. Um, Let's just, let's go back and forth. Ten. How many did you write? I have seven. It was the ones that I thought deserved. I've seen more TV shows than that, but it was the ones that I thought deserved. Like, uh, uh, that I saw all the way through. And, you know, because I watched some, like reality tv shows and stuff like that that i enjoyed but they're not on guess what they're not making the list yeah yeah i also did not put love is blind on my list um let me shout out eight through ten real quick which is what we do in the shadows the white lotus and girls five eva all great shows um the white lotus i just want to say is good but not as phenomenal as everyone says it is but still enjoyable and i am enjoying it can Um, i tell you i don't know a single thing about white lotus other than jennifer coolidge is in it I like I don't I do not even yeah. know what the beginning of the plot is of that TV show. Like I I don't know anything about it. It's about rich people, right? Yeah, it is, and it's also kind of a murder mystery. Okay. Oh, is it? Yeah. Because I was making my list, and quite a few of these are murder mysteries, and I was like, nice. oh, apparently, I have okay. a thing. <laughs> uh, you, well, tell me your number seven. Is it Murderville? Um, it's not, which I completely forgot came out in 2022. That didn't make the list because I. I so dearly love certain episodes and, and other episodes are yeah. not as good. So I, I feel like I couldn't include it, but if you're bored, do yourself a favor and just watch the Marshawn Lynch episode. It's every, <laughs> everything I hoped it would be. Yeah. That one and Kumail are my favorite episodes. Um, number seven is like the most right wing Republican thing of the year for me, but I, you know, I really enjoyed it. It is Reacher. Okay. Uh, Reacher, the Jack Reacher series written by probably some misogynistic asshole, um, but it's a murder mystery type dealio about, and uh, it has, it stars uh, the guy that plays Thad Castle from Blue Mountain State. (laughs) Okay. All right, cool. Um, And he does great. And he does a really good job shedding Thad Castle because he's about the only human. Um, Way back in the day, Tom Cruise did some Jack Reacher movies and Tom Cruise is like the anti- Jack Reacher in physicalness. The whole like premise of Jack Reacher is that he's like six foot eight, 
270 and shredded. Like that's yeah. like what he's, he's like a ex NFL player or something. Like yeah. That, and, yeah. And then yeah. they picked Tom Cruise. Yeah. Who I am physically bigger than Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh, I like outweigh Tom Cruise by like 45 pounds. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My number seven is Beavis and Butthead. They have a revival season that came out this year and I actually got into Beavis and Butthead this year. I had never liked them before, but with the new movie, which is not on my movie list and the new TV show, I honestly finally understood why people think Beavis and Butthead is funny. And it is funny. Yeah, I was, I saw it on a lot of, cause I had to remember what TV shows came out in. Oh yeah. I did some year. Googling as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I saw it on like a lot of people's like best TV shows of the year. There was a lot of people had that show on there and I was like, really Beavis and Butthead it has like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. And I was like, huh? <laughs> That's cause it, while it's not like fantastic, it's not bad either, if that makes sense. Yeah, and enough people were like pretty good that that's how Rotten Tomatoes work, that it's just yep. like... Yeah. Yep, yep, <laughs> Um, Number six, really enjoyed this uh, so much more than I thought I was going to. Peacemaker. Oh, uh, yeah. John Cena's DC superhero show. It's so good, dude. It's. I watched it, the pilot. I haven't watched the rest. It is just as kooky insanity as it should be like it's it's off the wall there's there's quite a few like musical numbers in it and stuff like that it's fucking bizarre but john cena is so good um he's he's really funny and he's i i always enjoy people that are self-aware and john cena seems to be very self-aware yeah can confirm my number six is the rehearsal just nathan fielder's show for hbo which is good not what I expected it to be, not really what I wanted it to be, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. That show causes me anxiety, dude. I've watched one episode of that show and I couldn't yeah. watch any other. I watched the first and episode. You and watched half the least the, anxious episode, yeah. <laughs> and half of the second episode, um, and the second episode with the the lady that wants to have a kid, like yeah, drove me yeah. and I turned it off. Yeah. I had to turn it off halfway through it. And I was like, this is fucking nuts. I hate this. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. No, I understand. Like, I understand completely. It triggered some weird anxiety in me that I was like, I was like having to get on my phone and to like distract myself from the TV show because I like didn't want to watch it. And I was like, well, then why don't I just turn it off? (laughs) The rest of the season kind of gets into that and goes into like the ethics of reality television and like child actors and things like that, which is not where I expected it to go. But um, it does kind of justify that feeling that you have. It just takes a while to get there. Um. Number five, uh, Tokyo Vice. Okay. Also on HBO. Uh, a tr- uh, Ansel uh, Elgort. Elgort is the lead actor. True story about an American guy who wants to be a reporter at Tokyo's biggest newspaper and uncovers some Yakuza stuff going on. Um, but he's white and the Japanese culture and especially the Yakuza culture is incredibly insular and they, and him trying to infiltrate that and get in with them so he can find out like the real estate scams that the Yakuza was putting on. Yeah. Um, It's a true story. The show is hyped up for Hollywood, which is fine. Um, But it's really well done and it's kind of filmed in this like neon-y dark. The vast majority of the scenes are at night. Um, way that i don't know is cool, cool. honestly yeah. ansel eggle um his performance is, isn't spectacular he has done he's acted better and so 
but the premise is so cool that I, I really enjoyed it. Nice. My number five is Angeline, which is a peacock. Yeah, it's like a peacock miniseries based on a true story of this woman who lives in Los Angeles and was basically like the Kardashians of like the 70s and 80s. She like purchased billboards and just became like a product, you know, and everyone's like, what does she do? And she doesn't really do anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Emmy Rossum from Shameless plays her, and I oh nice, she's excellent. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I was surprised at how much I liked it. So that's my number five. What's your number four? Number four, uh, Stranger Things season four at four. Ooh. Okay, um, I love Stranger Things. Unironically, I feel like it's not cool and hip to like Stranger Things. It's like something that your mid east or your middies, your Midwest family like enjoys. So all of my artsy friends are like, you like stranger things like that show. And which fuck off. I really like it. <laughs> I really like that show. It just makes yeah. me happy. All right. It's easy to watch. It's like not, it's, it's not fucking scary. That's for damn sure. I don't understand people that think stranger things is scary at all, but um, it's just great. It's great. I love it. Cool. My number four is also on your list. Probably Shorzy. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, great. It's, you know, it's a Letterkenny spinoff, but I think they injected more life into it than Letterkenny's had in a couple of seasons. That's and... my number three. So we can just keep talking about it. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, perfect. And I don't know. I just really, really liked it. I thought it was very funny, but I thought it had some excellent character development as well. And uh, a little more heart, I think, than Letterkenny, which is not I think it has what a... people... A lot more heart than (laughs) Letterkenny. And I think that's what Letterkenny, especially the later seasons, are missing. Um, They've Letterkenny started out as this like revelation to me of like writing and small townness. And um, it has not evolved at all in 12 seasons. And it kind of driving me nuts a little bit. But uh the but Chorzy was superb, like really yeah. good, and the soundtrack is easily yeah. the best soundtrack of any piece of media I have watched this whole year. Easily, yeah. The soundtrack's incredible. Well, let's bounce it back to me then for my number three, Abbott Elementary. I really, really like that show. It's I good haven't vibes. seen an episode of it. My mother is obsessed with it. It's great vibes. It's funny. It tickles you know my funny bone, but also like being a teacher, they get some of that stuff really, really right and. It's good. It's just really good. I don't know. I not much else to say about it. <laughs> nice. Well, it won a piss ton of Emmys, so. Yes, and as it should. Um, number two, a show that just wrapped recently, but I do I think it's that fucking good. Um, especially for me, Alex, is Andor. Oh yeah, I didn't watch that yet. Andor is the Star Wars spinoff following Cassie and Andor, who is like the cool, sexy dude from rogue one which rogue one is easily like by far and away the best star wars movie i've ever seen and andor is done by the producers and directors of rogue one and it's a tv show and it's it's excellent it is like it's such a cool way to look at like how a rebellion in any way shape or form would start and how uh, a ruling power would try to squash that okay Um, that's cool I, I did not come up with this line, but someone I read an article that was like, is like the star of Andor is not Diego Luna. The star of Andor is just like the concept of rebellion. Um, and it, it's, it was really cool. And the set design is like the coolest set design 
possibly since, since uh, Blade Runner 2049. It's the coolest set design I've seen since Blade Runner 2049. I don't want to spoil anything, but we do have a cameo from Mon Mothma in A Very Top Gun Christmas. Nice. Well, yeah. uh, That's all. You'll, you'll see. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what she's dressed as. Yeah. Uh, number two for me was Hacks. It's a HBO Max show. With following like a young comedian who gets canceled and then goes to work for an older comedian who has like a show on the Vegas Strip. Season two came out this year where they go on tour together. And I don't know, one of my one of the funniest episodes of TV this year is when they book her on a lesbian cruise. And uh, <laughs> it's just very funny. Um, I, Multiple people have told me to watch this show. Yeah, it's great. I like it a lot. And Alex, our number one is the bear. The bear, uh, superb. I don't know what to say about it. It's, it's excellent in every way, shape, or form. Um, I've I've only worked in one restaurant in my life, so I can't say I'm some like seasoned vet at working in a restaurant. Uh, in my mind, it's the easily the best portrayal just of of that, of simply of that. Like if it was nothing else more than that, but it yeah. has tons of heart. It has tons of representation. Yes, the main character is a cis white man. I'm sorry about that. But everybody else seems very well represented. Well, it's, you need a cis white man to just kind of hold it all together. <laughs> well, and and he doesn't do a good job of that in this show. Um, it's it's great. Um, Jeremy Allen White made a white t-shirt look like the sexiest fucking thing I've ever seen. Um, I There was like a whole Reddit page de- uh, devoted to what shirt is he wearing in that yeah show and it's like some like 98 dollar designer t-shirt and i'm like you son of a bitch <laughs> um what really tipped that over for me was the character of richie who i think is a very Cousin. interesting portrayal uh just because he drives you insane but then he always comes through like right at the last moment when when the show needs him to uh, i really thought that was an interesting portrayal and well, I think as a whole, the story wraps up a little too tidy. I think the journey is worth it. Yeah, yeah. And I I really hope they do a season two. I believe they got renewed for one. So I'm curious because to see I, where it goes. Because I think it'll challenge the writers and directors to match season one. And I want to see if they're like up to that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because there's a big, you know, no, well, maybe that is spoilers. Maybe I won't say it. But yeah, I mean, no, I'm very it. excited for it. All right, Alex, let's do movies. How many movies did you write down? Dude, not a lot. This is pretty <laughs> embarrassing. The okay. number of movies from 2022 that I yeah. have watched. I yeah. have tried to like go back. Just real quick, this has nothing to do with anything. I watched Midsummer last night because I was feeling sad for myself. And I'd never seen that movie. And Jacob sent the stupid list of the top 100 movies ever. And it's all stupid movies, but that movie was like number 97. And I was like, well, and then Jacob was like, and I was like, this list is stupid. And then Jacob was like, you can't call it stupid. You've only seen like 1% of the movies on that list. <laughs> and I was like, fair enough. <laughs> I'll start working my way through that list. And so I started with Midsummer. And guess what? That movie is not very good. I don't understand. I don't understand why people are so obsessed with it. The cinematography is mind-blowingly good. It's like unbelievably gorgeous. Florence Pugh, 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 Pugh. she is excellent. She is excellent. The rest of that movie, everything else to do with that movie, the plot, the writing, every other actor's performance, 
is not that good is like, hmm. and in some cases is downright bad. Her boyfriend in that movie does not do a good job. <laughs> the actor does not do a good job. I don't get it. I, I do not get everyone's obsession with Midsummer. There's some interesting stuff on that list um, because they expand. It's called the sight and sound top films ever. If you want to look it up, they expanded the voting to be way, way larger than it's ever been. I'm talking like 90 directors. They started this in like the fifties and every decade they give all the, everybody surveys. And it started with like less than 90 directors. And this year they opened it up to 1600 people in the film industry. So it, it resulted in a more eclectic list than in the past. There's less of like citizen Kane and the Godfather, which I don't think either of those even made the top 10. Um, oh, fucking Kane. Godfather did. And so does oh, did it? Kane. Okay. Or God, well, yeah. Or I think Godfather was actually 12 or something like that. What but, is like, interesting. Both of those movies. To me, the two, the inclusions of Beau Travai and In the Mood for Love, I think are f- fascinating. Those are two films I saw in film school. Uh, and I have Beau Travai on Blu-ray, which is like the story of like a military base in the Middle East. And the, one of the instructors or, or sergeants or whatever has feelings for one of his cadets and as a result treats him like absolute shit. And it's really like hyper stylized, like late nineties. Um, and it's, it's an interesting one. I'm, I was shocked. It's number seven out of 10 of the best movies ever. And I was shocked to see it up there. And then in the mood for love is really good. I was just also surprised that I had seen it, you know, <laughs> cause I have not seen the number one. I can't even remember the name of it, but um, I'd never even heard of the number one. So how many movies did you write down? Cause I'll just blow through half of my list. If I, need um, to. uh, six with two, uh, uh, like, honor, like I need to see, and you know what two those are. And I'm sure one of them at least is on your list. Yeah. Okay. So my number 10 is weird. The Al Yankovic story. Only number 10. Yeah. Well, it had to be on the list and I just haven't spent as much time with it. It came out just a couple weeks ago. So, uh, I've only watched it one time, believe it or not, but I did enjoy it. I thought that would have been quite a bit higher on your list. Yeah, no, it was good. I liked it, and I look forward to seeing it more often. Um, number nine is Cha Cha Real Smooth, which is a movie about a bar mitzvah DJ who starts like nannying a kid on the spectrum. Yeah, and falls in love with a hot mom. So that movie really spoke to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's 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 goals right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my life. Um, number eight is Red Rocket, starring uh, Dirt Nasty as a as an ex porn star who moves back to his small shitty Texas town and begins a relationship with a nineteen year old and tries to coax her into the porn industry. But it is very funny. Uh, yeah, that description seven, is pretty rough. Yeah, when it you is. say no. it that way. <laughs> it's a good movie. Number seven is Pearl. Because this is the year for me that I started liking horror films. It turns out they actually do make good ones. I didn't realize that. Uh, Pearl is the prequel to X, both by the same director. And it's just like a fun like genre exercise of like technicolor genres. And um, it just kind of follows like a girl going on like a murdering spree as her sanity starts to crumble so it's a good time it's a fun watch and my number this six does not sound fun my number six alex is jackass forever oh no did I you not put that, that on your list i would like to include that at number six that means i have a seven okay well your number seven is jackass forever then um no that would be my number six because i would push oh. my number six down 
Okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, that would make my number seven. The Bob's Burgers movie. That's pretty good. Fun. Really, yeah. Bob's Burgers, since it came out, has been my like comfort show. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I watched Midsummer last night. Although I didn't like it that much, it didn't mean I wasn't intense as fuck. And didn't, yeah. you know, and I just watched like four episodes of Bob's Burgers afterwards <laughs> to like calm down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the Bob's Burgers movie is not revolutionary. It's just an hour and a half long episode of Bob's Burgers, but it's good. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. really, really, really liked it. Yeah. And then so Jackass so Forever. Seven. And then yeah. Jackass Forever, which is great. Everything we expected, uh, everything we could have wanted, just... And it's like the most wholesome of the Jackass movies, which is wild to say anything with those guys is wholesome. But it is um, when people are like, well, what's non-toxic masculinity? Watch that movie. Oh, yeah. And to be to be honest, aside from Bam, but but Bam's relationship with. um, Done. Done was very non-toxic, but Bam himself was a little bit toxic. But I mean, they have been that way for years. You know, they've been very comfortable with each other. Whenever one of them gets hurt in the balls too hard, they'll just come up to each other and they'll like play with each other's testicles until they feel better or whatever. Like they've been, very, <laughs> they've been that way for a long time. Also shout out to Jackass 4.5 because of the prank they pulled of the, on that like a hospice worker who... There's like a fire alarm and then all the naked dudes run oh, out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's like such an innocent prank, but that dude is just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I was yep, laughing yep. way too hard at that. <laughs> My number five, Alex, is a movie that came out in 2021, but I did not see it until 2022, so I'm counting it. It is The Worst Person in the World, which mm. is like a philosophical Danish rom-com. And... uh I don't know. It's really good. I bought the Criterion on Blu-ray. I'm looking forward to watching it again. Um, my number five is a movie I just recently watched, but I seriously think it's good. And it's again, is it going to win a single award? No. Um, it's Enola Holmes 2, believe it or not, on Netflix. Yeah, you, I was like having really? a down moment and you were like, let's get on and watch Enola Holmes 2. And I was like, I did not know that you were into that. <laughs> Dude, it's really good. It's okay, just, great. I don't know. I... I love like fun Sherlocky esque mysteries like that. Yeah. That don't okay. involve, you know, they're like, I'm trying to catch a killer and this killer flays people open and pulls their entrails out and right. spells their next clue. And you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, you. oh, God, it's exhausting. Yeah. Uh, my number four is RRR. Oh yeah, I, I I still haven't seen it. Otherwise, I'm afraid, but it was on a lot of people's <laughs> lists. Yeah, it's a three-hour Indian uh, war historical epic um, that is equal parts over the top, funny, but also deep and affecting. Uh, it's great. Watch it if you can. Ideally, in a theater with a bunch of other people, also enjoying themselves. It is batshit. It is absolutely insane. It's a great time. Which I think most, a lot of like Bollywood films are. I've seen like little clips here and there turned into memes of Bollywood films. And and you're like, what is going yeah. on? Yeah, there's plenty of that in this movie <laughs> for sure. Um, my number four is the first movie I ever went to by myself. I've been trying to uh, this oh, the year. Batman. Is, 
Yeah, exactly. I got it. Yeah, nice is the Batman. I've been trying to just if I like something to just like I don't know, just go experience it. I I used I always had to go to the movie theaters with someone, and I'm trying to be a little more independent. And uh, yeah, went to the Batman by myself and loved it. Uh, It's too fucking long, but other than that, it's excellent. It's really good, and I think it's the best Batman. And yes, that includes the goddamn Dark Knight. (laughs) Nice. Number three for me is the Banshees of Inisherin. That is that was one of my asterisked. I haven't seen it yet. I think I'm going to enjoy the shit out of it. I just I don't I don't have an opportunity. I haven't had an opportunity to see it because it's yeah. not on. I can't pirate it yet because it's not on streaming and it's only in like indie theaters and there's no indie theater in this town. Right. So I also think that you will enjoy it a lot. It is quite funny. It is affecting. It is a story about two men's friendship. And one of them is like a deep artist and the other one is uh, like a stable boy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's really reflective of our relationship, Alex. Um, it's by the same director and same actors of In Bruges. Yes. Um, and if you oh, haven't seen so the movie, Irish. It's so In Irish. Bruges is, In Bruges is spectacular. It, it would be in my top five for underrated movies of all time is the movie In Bruges. It's so fucking funny. Um, so, yeah. Cool. What's your number three? My number three is All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, a scathing, unblinking look at war. Um, it is, as it as the book was, as the old movie was, it is aggressively anti-war in the guise of a war movie. You know, yeah. I, I think that's on purpose. I think it's to sucker in these people who like romanticize war and stuff like that. Like if you like saving private Ryan, you'll love all quiet on the Western front. And then you watch all quiet on the Western front and you're like, Holy fuck. Yeah. Um, It's very brutal. It's one of those movies that I don't need to see too many times. Um, It's a lot. It's, it's a lot, a lot, but it's really good. Cool. Number two for me is Marcel, the shell with shoes on. Oh, that was my number. That was my guess for number one for you. That's what I thought. You were. Now I don't know what your number one is. That's my, that was my It'll guess make for sense number one. when I say it. Um, it's just a really cute and funny movie. My dad, I made my parents watch it over Thanksgiving. Aubrey said it was quote, a flawless movie. And my dad said it was very philosophical. So it's just, it's, it's, and it's like PG. I mean, you could literally watch it with anyone. Kids will get bored by it probably, but the, design of it is incredible. Like the things they pull off with these little like micro characters. And it's also a documentary. Like it's in the style of a documentary. So there's lots of like handheld camera work and stop motion happening at the same time. I don't know how they did it. It's crazy. Is Jenny Slate still voicing? Yep. Nice. Uh, okay. Um, my number two, um, the Northman. Oh Yeah. A uh, Viking movie about a Viking on shrooms trying to <laughs> kill his uncle. Yeah, um, cool. It's ex- extremely historically accurate. It's by the same guy that did uh, The Lighthouse. Can't think of his name right now. And um, the, the Vavitch. And The Vavitch, which I really enjoyed, The Vavitch. Um, yes, it's Robert Eggers. Thank you. Um, it's extremely historically accurate. To the point that historians have like praised it for how much research seems to have went into it. And uh, Alexander Skarsgård, I think, is one of the Skarsgård boys is the biggest, scariest human being 
He's a lead in that movie, and he is so fucking humongous <laughs> and so terrifying. It's crazy. It's a, it's a great movie. Nice. And you get to see fucking Willem Dafoe on shrooms. Come on now. Come great. on now. Yeah. If of all the celebrities uh, that would come up and ask me to do shrooms, I would say yes to him probably. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? You have a blast. He'd be so weird about it. Hey, I uh, got these things in my pocket. I'm like, D- I know they're shrooms. Just say it, Willem. That's what me and my friends, there's a scene where Willem Dafoe, he's like the shaman in the village and they do shrooms together. And um, me and my buddies were like, I think they just gave Willem Dafoe shrooms and just filmed it. <laughs> I just yeah, think that's you- what would happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex, my number one movie of the year, as soon as I say it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, is Top Gun Maverick. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't hear it on the rest of your list. Is it really your, the, your favorite? I know you're making a parody and all that, but the movie itself, you really like it that much? I saw it in IMAX when it came out, and it was a pretty breathtaking experience, to be honest with you. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I, I really, still haven't seen really it. like it. I'm making this Top Gun parody out of love, not out of uh, hatred. Like it is so good. And when you watch it someday, you'll be like, "Oh, yeah, that is good." Okay. All right. Uh, my number one movie is I fear very basic and very a lot of people's number one movies is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, it does the multiverse theory perfectly in my view. Absolutely perfectly. I need to it's rewatch ho- it. It's hilarious. I have rewatched it. It's okay. it, it holds up. If you're okay. uh, a daughter and you have a rough relationship with your mom, that movie will be rough. But otherwise, it's great. Yeah, I liked it. But I, we also ran a 5K that morning and I almost fell asleep during it. And you had old uh, burrito muncher. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend eating a burrito next to me during it. You know, with movie theater. Um, so I need to rewatch it. But I... Purposely kept it off my list because everyone fucking loves it, and I thought it was pretty good. I, I it was not, and I'm not as in love with it as everyone else. Oh, uh, I really like it. I hey. like the, I like her husband a lot. Like I like uh, his performance. He's so good. His fanny pack fight is the thing that stood out for me. Like I came out of it going, "Wow, that fanny pack fight was sick." It's really well choreographed. Yeah. Uh, my other asterisk movie is The Menu. I haven't seen it. I'm very excited to see it. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I want it sounds right up my alley. I think you'll like it, it a lot, but I haven't seen it. Let's get in to the biggest category because uh, this is kind of what our relationship is defined by now. Yes, uh, it's just is, us <laughs> throwing yeah. this shit. Like, is me like mentally preparing for like this moment? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's um, music. We we uh, we don't express in comedy as much as we do through music at this point. So. These are our top 10 albums of the year. And I got to be honest, going into this, Alex, I have no idea what you've been listening to this year that came out in 2022. Because, like, if you put Origami Angel on your list, it does not count. I know. So I that was I have two asterisk albums that are remo- albums that came out in 2021 that I just fucking missed. And that is one of them. Yeah. Um, that and an album called Nurture by Porter Robinson. It's uh, that elect- album's great. It's an electronic album and it's like dedicated to his mom. And um, it's just like a heart. It's like a positive heartwarming album. I don't know how else yeah. to put it. It's just like really yeah. nice to listen to. Yeah. I- that came out in 2021. So it doesn't count. But I listened that, to that a lot this year. It's great. It's a good album. Um, you want to start? Do, do your number 10? Uh, sure. At number 10, probably the only one that I think. Well, not the only one. Definitely not the only one. But 
there's some like pitchfork and fucking discogs and everybody this that and the other thing releases their, their top albums of the year and i'm sure this one will be on a lot of their lists but i do think it is that good it is uh strangers by danger mouse and black thought it's Ooh, okay. uh uh hip-hop album uh run the jewels makes an appearance on it asap rocky makes an appearance on it the production is just spectacular it sounds like a 90s rap album that was released this year and it's such a throwback and it's so good um and i had never heard of black thought and i went back and looked into like black thoughts um discography uh really good stuff so i'm happy that it turned me on to that um danger mouse is a big name but yeah i gotta write that down i i gotta i saw that that came out but i i didn't listen to it um i want to say that i got my apple music stats and i listened to over was well, it says you checked out over 1000 albums this year Whoa. which is i think counts like singles and eps as well but i oh, okay. gotta say that it was still really hard for me to craft a top 10 not because i didn't like a lot of albums but because while I still listen to albums all the way through, there are just so many nowadays that I really love like five or six tracks on, you know? And then, yes, I got to say the bottom half of my list here is mostly that sort of thing where it's like, there are some stunners. And then when we get into the top half, I like those more as the full album experience. But number 10 is Brockhampton, the family. Nice. Which we th- thought was going to be the final Brockhampton album until they surprise released another Brockhampton album the next day, which is also good. But this is uh, this is just Kevin Abstract, the leader of Brockhampton, airing all of his grievances out on one album with a bunch of like chopped up soul samples, and I quite like it. I think it was a and they interesting sampled all experiment. that. And they sampled the theme song from all that. Yeah. Which is uh, incredible. Which is, and that song rocks. That song's very good. It's it's really good. It's the best Brockhampton I've heard in a long time. I, would, I remember us texting back and forth about it. And still, to the, the last two songs on that album are heartbreaking. Yeah. It's a hard album to listen to. And that's yeah. why it's not higher on my list is because I haven't listened to it that much. Because it is tough to listen to. Like, it that whole album is kind of a cautionary tale of, you know, don't start a business with your friends kind of thing. Yeah. That's basically the whole thing is like, uh, I started a band with whatever 12 of my friends and it fucking blew up in my face. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So Alex, what's your number nine? Um, number nine is ISO monstrosity by ISO monstrosity. Um, yeah, I don't remember how I found that album. I don't but, thank God you did. I heard like 0.1 second of it on your new music Friday. And I was, this is for Alex. Um, I, I saw it as, or I saw a description of it as a classical music album released like a hip hop EP. Yeah. And the, and yeah, it's really, really interesting. It's really creative. It's by four absolute music dorks from Juilliard. Um, and they tried to do something different and they, I think they pulled it off. Pitchfork can go fuck themselves with their like 5.4 rating of it. Or Ooh, whatever. Is that what they gave it? Something like that. Wow. Um, I think there's, I think they're super wrong. Um, yeah. so there you go. Cool. My number nine is Carly Rae Jepsen, the loneliest time. This one snuck what into a the comeback list. for that woman. What yeah. a, what a just like, fuck you to I'm a one hit one. That album's great. It's not on my list, but I was so pleasantly surprised by that album. Same. It, I At first I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And then I, I became gym music for me. I started listening to it while I was running. 
and it kind of snuck up into my list that way. Uh, again, there's a couple songs I could take or leave, but the, it starts out really strong and it ends really strong. And uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I good. also had no idea she was such a gay icon. She is. Yeah. Despite I literally, that gay herself. Me, that missed me entirely. <laughs> like all my gay friends were like, Carly Rae Jepsen. I was like, I'm like, what? Yeah. Since when? I mean, cool, but like, I was like, huh? It's because the straights took over Taylor Swift, so they had to pivot to Carly Rae. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, my number eight is definitely an album that I like the first half of more than I like the second half of. But the first half of is exactly what I want it to be, and that's Lavender Days by Camp. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, it, it sounds like a Camp album. They did not reinvent themselves. But it's good. It's really good. It's really positive. Massachusettsy in the woods, whatever, East Coast stuff. It's good. Yeah. I know it's not from that album, but I have Peach Fuzz on my cocktail playlist for weddings around here. Hell yeah. I can't tell you how many weddings this summer requested. Just play as much camp as you can. So <laughs> they, it's a good thing they played here. My number eight is New Junk City, Beg a Promise. Okay. I didn't know yeah. you liked that that much. That one snuck into the list as well. I also listen to that one while running at the gym a lot. It fills what I call the Menzingers hole this year, okay. which is like storytelling, kind of like folk punk music uh, by like sad, schlubby white guys. Um, it filled that hole for me this year. And, uh, you know, all, none of my lists are complete without one of those albums. So that's right, the one right, this right. year. Um, number seven for me was also an album I listened to quite a bit this year. You might have heard of it. Um, it is called Entertainment for the End Times by Mrs. Ghost. Oh, thank you. Really enjoyed it. And here, this is just a compliment to you. We talked about it six billion times on this podcast. But I was in my, uh, and I think I told you this, but I was in my truck and it was, I have the CD. So it didn't get included in like any of my Spotify wrapped yeah. or anything like that. But it seriously would have been somewhere on the list. Um, and uh, <laughs> I was just listening to it and Eric was in the car and Eric goes, who's this? And I go, this is Mrs. Ghost. And he goes, oh, they sound good. And I and I pot, and I like looked at him for a while, expecting him because um, existentially exhausted was on it. And I guess I just hang around you too much. It sounds like you very much yeah. to me. Like it yeah. just sounds like <laughs> yeah, you. And yeah. I was like, dude, that's a. And I just like stared at him. And he's like, what? And I was like, do you recognize who's singing? And he's like, no. I goes, Jacob. And he goes, whoa, this sounds really good. And I was like, Aww. yeah, this is his band. And he goes, whoa, yeah. So that's there you cool. Go. Ah, I like that. That song in particular has been the one that's like taken off. People probably once or twice a week message me or or talk like when I see them, they're like, yo, existentially exhausted is that's the one, man. And I, I did not expect that. So I, I feel very fortunate about that. The chorus is so fucking catchy. I know. I, I picked up the chorus in like point in like a half a listen. I was like, yep, yeah. got it. And I was yep. like, it's great. Yep. I'm glad it's catchy because I like it was one of those things where when I wrote it, I had to like sing the voice note into my phone because I didn't have an instrument with me at the moment. And sometimes that doesn't translate a couple hours later, but that one did. And I'm glad. Yeah. I've, I've heard that I've seen interview and they go back and listen to their voice memo bands, go back to listen to their voice memos and like, Oh, like, Oh, that's shit. (laughs) Why did I record that? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, number seven for me is the regrets further joy. Okay. I haven't even heard of this. It's, I bought it when we were, um, on vacay in Seattle, it's the one with like the pink naked girl on the cover. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Never mind, I have heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just solid pop music. I am just a pop music hoe these days. I've like truly 
just but good pop music. It annoys me when people. Yes. I, it annoys me when they're like the top. You know, pop music sucks, and I go the top forty sucks. Yes. You should listen to good pop music. Yes, and that's what I do, and that's why the regrets made the list. There you go. Uh, number six, definitely my most hyped album mentally this year, um, and it lived up to the hypes. You know, good good enough. It's number six on the list. It's Past Lives by LS Dunes. Oh yeah, good album. I like it. Um, really good. Uh, the the lead singer has a really good scream, a really yeah. good yell, and it makes it's got a me... unique voice. It's very high. Yes, um, and I I question how he does that live. I would love to see them live and see if he can pull that off. I somehow doubt it. But Carson's um, wife just saw them live a couple weeks ago. Where? In New Jersey, because they live in Maryland now, and uh, she was messaging oh, that's me right. like they throughout the, the set. She got to meet Frank uh, Iero, who's the guitarist for LS Dunes and My Chemical Romance, and right. I think she got to meet Anthony Green, who's the singer. So um, she was very excited. Said they were great. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess he does pull it off. I guess I don't know. Nice, nice. It's it, to me. It, uh, this album was also like the last of the. Uh, this definitely was like a COVID project for these boys. Oh yeah, for sure. And it just happened to come out a little, just a little bit later than every other band's COVID project. I think what happened is they realized the songs were actually pretty good, and they were like, "Ah, okay, we should put a little more work into these." <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Because been there. Um, number six for me is Rosalia Motomami. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's so catchy. Chicken teriyaki. Um, it is a foreign music album, which is not for usually included on my list, but it's once again good pop music and just blends a shitload of different genres together. There's rap, there's pop, there's like Baroque. Uh, the weekend it, sings in Spanish on one it of the is songs. all over the place. It is all over the place, but I really like it, and that's why it's on my list. The the Rina Sawayama of twenty twenty two. Can we talk biggest disappointments of the year? I did not like the newest Rhea. It's not. It's not what I wanted it to be. <laughs> no, nope. it's like she took it. my least favorite song on the first album and then made a whole album sounding like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a bummer. Number five, a a near flawless album, a near no skip. It would be like two places higher on this list if it wasn't for one goddamn song, which is one of the worst cacas my ears have ever. Oh, has yeah, ever hit my ears. The album is Palaces by Flume. Um, and it is a electronic album. Flume has always been a little bit uh, more experimental. And there's definitely some really like discordant melodies and stuff on there. But it all works. And then one song right in the middle of the album. Also, I might mention the song before this is a tribute to Avicii, one of his best friends who died of cancer. And it's like this. <laughs> it's just a piano piece. It's just like a heartbreaking piano piece. That That's yeah. all it is. And then it hard cuts into a song called Only Fans, which is entirely derived from women moaning. Like every noise you hear is some distorted woman moaning. Great. And it's fucking awful. <laughs> it's um, fucking terrible. Take that song out and the album jump like is way better. But then the and then it goes right back into how the rest of the album sounds. It makes no sense. I hate that hmm. song. The rest of the album is so like is so complete other than that song. I don't understand how his producer, how his manager wasn't like, take this out. What is this song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My number five is Butch Walker as Glenn. Um it's like a Billy Joel piano rock album. 
that is like a concept album of a lounge singer named Glenn. Uh, but I don't know how else to describe it. Some big catchy choruses, some sick guitar solos, some sweet piano riffs. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting album. I don't know. It's it's a weird one. I like it though. Nice. I've never even heard it. Butch Walker is Glenn. I'm going to write that one down. Yeah, I have other Butch Walker albums I think you would like more than this one, but this one is good, too. All right. Um, At number four, uh, The Unraveling of Pup the Band. Nice. Um, Pup's best work in a long time. Uh, Just really good. They're still angry at their record label, and they're still angry at each other, it seems. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But that's okay. I get good music out of it. Yeah, that is... Not on my list because it's my least favorite pop album. I re-listened to it a couple times a few weeks ago to like, because I started I started like pulling out albums that made like the upper tier, and that one was on it, and I was like I should re-listen to that a few times, and it's good. I like it, but the album before this, Morbid Stuff, is easily my favorite pop album. I, well, there's I one missed. in between there. Yeah, I know. Th- there's an not... album in between there that sucks. Oh yeah, the EP. Yeah, this place yeah, yeah. sucks ass or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, That's I don't love good. that one. Yeah. Uh, my number four is the 1975 being funny in a foreign language. Nice. It's just a good 1975 album. They didn't really do anything out of the ordinary. They just made an album with good songs on it. And that's kind of refreshing at this point. So yeah. Uh, good job, boys. Oh, wonderful. Um, number three. Uh, number three is Surrender by Maggie Rogers. Good album. I think it's a great sophomore album um i think she did really really well it sounds like a maggie rogers album i know pretty much every word to every song off it at this point <laughs> um it's catchy it's it's really nice yeah yeah it's good tunes uh number three for me is muna by muna mm-hmm. everyone knows the song silk chiffon but uh that's not the best song on there it's just like queer synth pop uh, and that's my number three Queer synth pop. Yep, I don't know the song Silk Chiffon. Oh, it's got Phoebe Bridgers in it, so it like blew up. Oh. Well. You haven't heard one. it? Silk! Chiffon! No. Okay, well, listen to it sometime. All. all right. Yeah. Number two is uh, Get Fucked by The Chats. Yeah, good album. I saw that on vinyl at Ear Candy um, the other day. Very, very obviously extraordinarily heavily influenced by Bad Religion, all descendants all those punk bands that release minute and a half long songs. It's an entire album that takes place in 23 minutes. Um, but it's great. Yeah. The chats album is very good. It's very Australian. It's nice it's, and loud. It's so Australian and it's, it's like two young dudes and one like 35 year old. <laughs> That's, kind of weird. That's how all the good best punk bands are. The descendants too. They had like three, like 17, 18 year olds. And then their neighbor who was the bassist was like in his late twenties, early thirties. <laughs> yeah. Their, their album covers these two kids that are like 19 and then, and then what? And then Paul or whatever his fucking name is. And he's, yeah. he's 41 years old. Or, I don't know, but you're like, damn, who was that guy? Hey, speaking of the land down under my number two is the Beths expert in a dying field. Dude, that was my number one. That was, uh, that's what I thought would have been your number one. Yeah, it's great. It's one of the best pop rock albums I've heard in a long time. Full of catchy choruses, poignant lyrics, some really, really nice, like clean guitar tones. And it sounds really good. And they produced it all themselves. 
the Dolby Atmos mix on Apple Music just sounds phenomenal. So they did a great job. I really like that album. Um, she also doesn't learn, lose her accent. I think she sounds super fucking Australian in that. She does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're Australian, but I almost want to say that they're New Zealand. So let me double check that. Oh, okay. My, uh, they are from New Zealand. They're from Auckland. So oh, I'm sorry, the math. I deeply apologize because I know that's very offensive to New Zealand yes. people. <laughs> Uh, they are from New Zealand, but you know, my segue was incorrect. So that's not your fault, Alex. Um, all right. And my number, number one, one, let me think, let me think for a minute. You should be um, able to get it considering I haven't said it yet. I just can't remember if it, if the album came out this year. Or it not. did. It did. It did. Okay. Your number one is Mdu Mokhtar. Oh no. <laughs> no. Oh, God damn no. it. That came out last year, right? Yeah. That came out last year. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is then. My number one is Dripfield by Goose. Oh, yeah. I should have thought of that. Um, holy shit. I've listened to that album so much this year. I do not like jam bands. I find fucking Grateful Dead and Fish to be some of the most annoying bands on the planet Earth. And here in comes a jam band, quote unquote, that plays like nine minute songs instead of 29 minute songs. Yeah. They have a lot they, of pop elements in their work as well. They know how to play their instruments. They're good at playing their instruments. And I'm directing that directly at the grateful dead. Um, <laughs> and they, uh, the lead singer has a phenomenal voice. I'm directing that also at the grateful dead. Yeah. Um, I, it's so good, dude. It just makes me want to like be outside and in the mountains um, for some reason, I don't know why it's makes me feel very, very happy and positive. It has basically no skips. The very, uh, they have a song called hot tea on that album, which drags just a hair too long, but that's okay. Um, it's so good. It's, I love it so, so much big goose fan now. Yeah. It is a good album. They put on a hell of a show too. Not only does their lead singer have a good voice, but their backup singer has a great voice too. The guy who, and the the nerd who plays the keyboards, the Steve Zissou. Um, and he has yeah. like two or three songs just by himself on the album. They, yeah. they just let him go. So yeah. Yeah. Talented band. Good stuff. I, they, they put on I, like, it was just so fun watching the, it the bassist with his like the bassist had the Canadian tuxedo on yeah, and his yeah. long hair, and because we were next to the ocean, there was just like breeze blowing his long hair. And I he was going to say his... that about the lead singer's hair, just like flowing in the wind as, yeah. as like the stage lights were happening, and like the smoke was just like over the lights, and the breeze was in such a way that it the lights made it look like the smoke was like funneling. Oh, it was so cool. It was it was so superb. I kept thinking in in my head the whole time. I go, I don't know what these men's sexual orientation is, but whatever they want, they get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. My number one, Alex, is the stereo thirteen. Oh, I should have guessed it was the stereo. Damn it! Yeah. I just thought you liked the Beth's album more. But yeah, no. Nah, every year I get into a band that I hadn't really listened to before. And I just listened to them nonstop. Last year it was Sparks. This year it was the Stereo. They are a pop punk band who was doing it a little bit before everybody else. They were making like Fallout Boy songs like three or four years before Fallout Boy was making Fallout Boy songs. Uh, but their new album is like non toxic dad rock. It's just like robust. <laughs> nice. um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just great. And they are a tumultuous band. They released a podcast talking about uh, all of their trials and tribulations like 
there were two singers on the first album and then one fired the other and then made a few more albums. But then for this new one, they brought back the other singer. So um, the two original guys are in the band, but they only brought back like a, they brought a new drummer in instead of using one of the old ones. Like it's a mess, but it's a really good album. And I just saw on their Instagram stories, they're signing the vinyl finally that I ordered like seven months ago. So I'm excited to get that soon. Nice. And uh, yeah, I, I really, really appreciate that album and the podcast Kings of No Hope is what it's called is a fascinating listen for anyone who's interested in a story of the music industry, not from the top or even really the middle, but someone at the bottom trying to claw their way up. Nice. There you go. Da, yeah. da, da. All in all, great year for pop culture, great year for music, uh, yeah. great year for movies, great year for TV. I defy to fight to narrow this shit down. Yeah, it seems like things are kind of back in uh, full swing, and I'm glad about that. And yeah, honestly, most of yours were not as surprising as I thought. Turns out we did spend a lot of time together this summer talking about yeah. most of those albums, listening I remember we listened to the chats and we saw Goose live together and I should have, I could have thought of that if I thought a little harder. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I was like, I think that on the last podcast, I told you it would be number one unless LS Dunes, and and I said, unless LS Dunes unseated it and LS Dunes did not unseat it. So I was like, well, I don't listen to our podcast after we make them. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We also listened to Maggie Rogers together. You bought me. The vinyl of Unraveling a Puppet Band. I just yeah. got my Palace's vinyl. I ordered that like six months ago or some shit like that. I just got it like two days ago. Nice. That's cool. So I finally got Muna. I That came out in like June or something. And I went to Ear Candy and he was like, it's on back order. And then I went in uh, two days ago and they had it finally. And I was like, yay. So you know how that goes. Um, go. That's all I got this week, Alex. I think we've... Uh, kept people long enough probably oh yeah these are always long as shit yeah and i love it and december 14th buy a top gun ticket to screen online or if you are in missoula or the surrounding area come see it with me at the roxy theater a very top gun christmas starring moi as maverick for some reason jacob how do they buy tickets online i don't know the url i'll put it in the show notes it's like literal <laughs> garbage productions dot ticket dot com or something like that i'll okay. i'll put a link to it you can click don't worry <laughs> great because hey buddy that question was for alex also <laughs> oh good yeah 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 I, i'll get you a link don't worry and i hope your back gets soon better gets better soon uh, and that it's not yeah. as long of a process as you've been told it will be well we can we'll we'll find out yeah get a foam roller going just really fuck it up I have. Oh, no, I've, I've been foam rolling it out and stuff like that. Okay. Doing it okay. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>